And welcome back, everybody, to Top Shelf, a guide to high-quality leadership, spirits, and everything in between. Okay, we are back in the pod room, in the laboratory. We're creating and talking about, you know, information that we think we can share with you that you can take away into your work, work workplace and into your everyday lives. Today, we are talking about asking for help as a leader. We're also going to be talking about bringing the energy to your team as a leader. And our cocktail du jour, cocktail of the day, is the 1908 Empress Gin and Tonic. G&T. G&T. And this one is not just clear. It's got a purple tinge to it. A hue. A hue. Yes. (laughs) Purple. I love that word. Purple. Purple. Yeah, it is a fun word to (laughs) say. That's a fun word to say. (laughs) (laughs) So our current event topic, and I wanted to really dive gently into it, and I'll use the word gentle, is um, in support of International Women's Day, and that would be women in leadership, and what the importance is with women in leadership, and why we want to talk about it. So for, for me... I'm a big supporter of it. I know Clint. We've talked. We we were talking about it before um, we, yeah. we jumped on, yeah. but we both really support it. We find that it's an it's it's necessary, absolutely, and um, it's not something that we want to overlook. We want to we want to basically open it, open it up as a conservative whole holistic approach for leaders. They don't just have to be men anymore; they can be women, and it's okay. And so as a, as a male leader and uh, somebody that's run businesses and worked for other leaders, it's okay, right? It's, a, there, there's, there, it's not a threat to my existence. If anything, we can now learn from women in leadership. We can collaborate. And it's a conservative we with the business. So now we're open to all, all ideas and expressions and we can encourage free thinking we can we can be motivated together as opposed to drawing that line between men and women yeah you know it's it um just gives us a better perspective right we're empowering women to be leaders mm-hmm. um yeah. we've lived in a world where women haven't there haven't been many women leaders from a from a leadership perspective within a business or from a, a country of leaders, you know. But we're seeing now there's so many leaders of countries, there's leaders of organizations, and we're seeing just a whole nother um, type of innovative mind and collaboration with with the rest of the workforce, which we've never seen in the past. And it excites me to the point where like, what are we going to see in the future here? The more inclusive we are, the more of a melting pot we become in leadership. Um, the more innovative and more um, progressive we become. And I think that that's exciting. Yeah, and we promote the best people for the job, not the best male for the job. That's right. And I want to put that differentiator out there. It's the best person for the job. It's not the best man for the job. And yeah, or, or I'll say it, or the best woman for the job. Or the or, best woman for yeah, the job, yeah. Or the absolutely. best uh, ethnic person for the job. Um, you know, obviously, there's been some people in the news lately that have been criticized for for their choice of selecting individuals to run certain cabinets or, or or businesses of theirs just based on their ethnicity, ethnic background, or the fact that they are a woman and not a man. 
Um, I do firmly believe it's the best person, but I do also believe that women have been held back from achieving greatness within leadership because of their sex, unfortunately. Yeah, Yeah. and a a nice thing that, you know, as as I started doing more research around women in leadership, technology is allowing allowing us access to historical women leadership. And it might not be they're leading a company, but they're leading a revolution. Uh, Rosa Parks comes to mind. Um, so they made real changes. And, and now that information is now being readily accessible through Netflix movies, through books, through podcasts. It's more available than it would be before, you know, maybe 10, 15 years ago when it had to be in a book. That's sure. that's how we access information. It wasn't written as much and it wasn't as available as it is now. That's right. So, yeah. all right. So I'm going to gonna kind of, Put a pin in that one. From me and Clint, we support women in leadership, and we support all the women listeners to this podcast. We support you. If you ever need any help, just reach out. Uh, We are here to support. And that goes into the next thing, which is asking for help as a leader. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. It segues quite well. It segues in very comfortably. Now, as a leader, asking for help, you know, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I think right. it's a great thing, actually. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, you know what? It shows. Um, it really shows strength in someone's character. If they're able, it shows that you're a bit vulnerable. Um, you know, obviously, we'll go through the laundry list of, of uh, pros, benefits, yeah, yeah. benefits yeah. for the employees yeah. that you're you're asking help from, or mm-hmm. even your leader that you're asking help from. Right. Um, but it just really shows that you're human and that you're, you're you can make mistakes and that you don't know everything. Because there are, I've had a lot of leaders in the past that they come across, they have this arrogance to them, like they know everything. And I know that they don't know everything, right? You can't bullshit a bullshitter. I know you don't know everything. Yeah. So ask me for help. Uh, you know, I got my hand up. I'm, I'm here to help you. And it used to drive me nuts when they never did, right? And you fail as a team then, right? So, But uh, you know what? You, you know, I've been on the other side of that as well as a leader. There's a fear effect. There's My, my pride gets affected with it too. And that stops leaders from asking for help. Absolutely. Yeah. Right? The yeah. fear of... Someone will expose that I don't have all the answers. That's right. Right? We, yeah, yeah. we as leaders are supposed to have all the answers. But the yes. reality is we don't. Well, it's, the, it's also the fear of delegation, which is something we could touch on a little bit. It's like a lot of leaders want to do everything themselves. Well, nobody can do it Hold as it well as I can. Chest. That's yeah. why I got this job. This yeah. is why I am the leader of this organization is because I do it better than anybody else. But once you learn how to ask for help and you learn to delegate, the power in behind that it's absolutely incredible. Yeah, you have to build up to it. You can't just go out and start asking for help. You build up to it. But allow yourself to remove your, you know, take off your cape of invincibility of and be vulnerable with your team. You know, asking for help isn't shameful. Like, don't take it as a, as a negative to reach out and ask your team for help. Nope. And, you know, leadership, of course, I took uh, about four or five years ago. There's more than one way of completing a task, a job, um, a calculation, or uh, finding a solution. Your way may not be the best way. And if you don't ask for help, you could be leading your team down to the, to a road of failure. For sure. Yeah. Right. I think it actually allows you to communicate better with your team. It builds that bench strength. You're actually opening a door for those team members that you're asking help for, maybe to a bigger picture in the company. Hey, here's some things that we're working on that I need some support with. And they might be like, whoa, I didn't even know we were working on that. I didn't even know that you were that busy. 
you know, I have access to your calendar and you don't look like you're very busy, but you're asking me for help, man, you must be swamped, right? So, Or um, they, they want your opinion. Make, yeah. it, make it so that their opinion matters, right? That's how you build a team, uh, you know, your bench strength with your team as well. Yeah. Well, it's the old, I don't know what the term is, like the old adage or the old saying where uh, two heads are better than one or, you know, sometimes you just need a second set of eyes to, to read through something or to, or to tackle a project or a problem that you're having. And you're right. Sometimes, to your your last comment, is sometimes you get that other perspective is, is how you innovate and how you actually see that there are two different paths to a solution. And you might come up with some great ideas, but if you never ask, yeah, it allows you never know? it allows creativity to flourish. It allows everyone to be inclusive, and you don't have all the answers. You're vul- you're a little bit vulnerable. You're still the leader. It doesn't it doesn't strip you away as a leader. It just makes you a better leader. And I've always heard that. You know that comment or that saying. You know, fake it till you make it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think fake it till you make it is probably not a good thing in leadership. No, it brings your team. It can bring your team down quite quickly. And we want to ask for help instead of faking it. We're going to try and we're going to ask for help and we're going to do it together. Well, if you if you fake it, you're going to get exposed. Oh yeah, right? your employees yeah. are a lot smarter than you think, and they're going to know. And you can do it for a little while, but it's eventually. When rubber needs to hit the road and you're not pr- um, proving producing. yourself yeah, yeah, yeah. or producing, then yeah, yeah then yeah. you're going to get... So, so the fear of asking for help because you're too prideful and you're worried that people are going to expose you is is far less fearful to me than actually not knowing what you're doing, not asking for help, and then failing as an entire... like As, or, as a group, as an organization, as a totally. team, because it brings everyone down. Because at the end of the day, that's a long, long game that you're going to lose, right? Yeah. Short game, yeah, sure, you can fake it a little bit. Pretend you know everything. Long game, you're going to lose, and then you're going to be moving on to another company. Right? Yeah, instead of using the word fake it, I like to reframe it and say, try it until, until you, you make it. Until you or, try it. Or, or, yeah, try, try it into the diet. Um, so that's just something, you know, when, when I talk about asking for help in leadership, it, it's okay. I, just, I want every leader to listen to that on this podcast and know that asking for help is okay. Um, you're not failing. If anything, you're being successful in asking for help. I agree. I agree. And again, that long-term to short-term term strategy, and you're, you're providing or empowering your, uh, the individuals on your team to exercise autonomy as well, which I think is a healthy thing. Because um, a lot of times, there are a lot of people that work on certain teams or they're in, at companies and they don't, they don't feel heard or like they're, they're respected by their peers or their elders or I don't want to say elders, but their leaders. And when you do ask them for help or you do delegate a task to them, that is such a, such a good feeling. Yep. It's like that's a tap on the shoulder that a lot of people really enjoy, right? Unless you're a quiet quitter and you don't want to do anything else than the bare minimum. Yeah, the ghosting, yeah. ghosting quitter. Yeah. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, asking for help, do it. Just do it. I mean, uh, take, take it in strides. I said don't do it, you know, openly first day. Just slowly get yourself comfortable asking for help. Right. If you if you don't have the answers, if you're struggling with something, just ask for some help. Well, and I think you just you'll be surprised. If you're somebody that has a hard time asking for help, you'll be surprised at yeah. the outcome when you yeah. do. So, all right. So we're gonna jump. We're gonna change gears. We're gonna go into bringing energy into uh, the uh, the workplace. And why is it so important as a leader to bring energy? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think when we we first started talking about this. Right away, I started thinking about the positive and the negative energy, right? But I think your initial um, idea was based on just bringing a good positive energy to the workplace. Yeah, positive vibe. Yeah, but I think both are 
like equally important to talk about, right? Um, because positive energy, obviously, that's going to drive um, a positive work environment. You're going to inspire people. People are going to want to be around you. It's my thought on it, anyways. But then the negative energy is going to drive what we just talked about, like the quiet quitters. Um, people don't want to show up to work. They're calling in sick. Your productivity is at a loss. You're not driving new business. People aren't showing up in the, the proper attire. It's because nobody wants to follow you because you're a negative person. So or, I've had both. Or you're a negative person or, you know, you're you're aloof or meek. And I'll, I'll segue into a little story. Who would say uh, aloof? aloof? Yeah, aloof. Um, when I had started a new role as a as an executive leader at one of the companies my first month i was just getting to getting to feel the team getting to feel how the executive um, group operated and kind of standing uh, back and so making notes learning how the company was structured you know how the organization was was set up for my personal growth and my personal successes to get to know the lay of the land here. yeah the lay of the land so yeah. really getting to understand the the organization so that was a, my first month uh, i was brought into my um leader's office and he said something strange to me and i've never heard anyone ever call me this but he, he said hey you're out there and i you're kind of a little bit aloof and <laughs> i kind of thought to myself okay that's that's information that i guess i can use to build off of it's a very positive thing. It, it's not it's yeah. not very positive as a leader because i mean that first month i'm just kind of figuring out how i structure myself i don't want to go in guns a blazing i don't want to be you know day one the huge disruptor and i'm changing how the business operates because that's never a good thing this business has been in um service for 75 years so it's not going to change overnight no and my ability to just watch from afar you're not you're not superman you're not yeah, gonna, yeah i'm just there to watch from afar to learn how the nuances of the company operate and so that you know that comment was okay well yeah i i am watching from afar, making notes i'm kind of just gently touching people on the shoulder if i'm allowed to say touching people on the shoulder just for help just how does the company function from finance to operations to hr how does all the pieces work before i can really kind of openly share how i would like to transform or change the business yeah for sure i think that's pretty standard yeah. So, did he give you an example of what what he meant by aloof, or just no, just just generality? Just aloof. Ge generally, yeah. you're an you're aloof. Aloof. Okay. Great. And of all people to yeah. be called aloof would be, uh, I would think myself, because I'm uh, an uh, outgoing uh, extrovert. But it allowed me to think, right? It allowed me also to reflect and go, oh, "This is something that I don't, um, I don't ever want to tell, you know, my my leaders or my staff that they're aloof." I would, I would reframe it a little bit and say, "Hey, how's your first month going? You know, what are you working on? What are you thinking about?" As opposed to just arbitrarily and calling someone loof. But I and and just so the listeners know, so in case people are trying to Google right now, um, so I didn't know aloof mean, means not friendly or forthcoming. So you you seem like you're a bit distant and not really an approachable person, which which is which anybody that knows Jason is <laughs> complete opposite of what he is. So. And, and I have an open door policy as well. So my door in the office place is always open. It's always I'm always welcoming. I even have sometimes candy dishes on my desk to break the break the silence or have people come in. 
Uh, me and Clint did share an office at one time. Uh, we decorated with Christmas. Yeah, we did. We wanted to make <laughs> sure that we were engaged at every level of the organization. And I have to say, everybody loved our office, especially Christmas time. Yeah. We always had treats and we had presents under the tree. Yeah, we, we had it because we were inclusive, yeah, and sure. and that's why people wanted to work for us. We brought the energy. You know, we uh, we really enjoyed. Connecting and engaging at every single level, from executive all the way down to the the technician level or the engineer level. So I'll say, Clint, what is the major source of energy in the world? What is the most? The sun. Ah, oh, you looked at you looked that up. Hey, no, uh, no, oh, man, that, I, you're, that gives everybody vitamin D, baby. That's yeah, vitamin <laughs> D. So um, that's the most common source of positive energy is the sun. So yeah. if we think about that, the sun is always positive. I mean, it, it, it might get blocked by the clouds. It might get blocked by the rain or whatever, but it's still there. And it's always positive. Yeah. And if we take, if we take that, the sun as always being positive, as a leader, if we're always being positive, we can learn something and we can share it. Right? Being, being Debbie Downer in leadership, you know, eh, I know there's down days, but you, you really want to bring the energy. Yeah. You want to try to focus on and sharing with the team. And you want to focus on bringing the team up and rising above. You know, I get it's tough for some people who aren't um, extroverts. They're introverted. But I think you need to at least be putting your best foot forward and trying. You need to park your shit at the door. Everybody has family drama. Everybody has stuff going on with their kids in a social life or, or maybe your partner or whatever. But you need to park that at the door as you walk into the office and... And you need to work on yourself. If you know you're an extrovert, you have to do things that are maybe a little bit out of your comfort zone. As a leader, that's what we do, right? I don't like to give a 30-minute presentation on fiber optic cables, but I do it. And I have to pretend I'm enjoying it, right? But that's what you do, right? And sometimes you have to bring that every day. And it comes a little easier for some, and it's a little harder for others. Um, But that's something that you continuously have to work on. It's far better than coming in with a negative attitude, and my life sucks, and we're, we're not hitting our targets, and my wife's going to leave me and you start dumping your crap on your desk and that just drives everybody down and nobody wants to be there. Yep. And there's a time and a place for it. So we can unload on some of our team members on the side, the ones we've connected with um, off business hours or having those conversations so they know that there's stuff in the background. I'm not saying don't share with your employees, but don't share it during the work time when your team needs you and you need to stay positive and you need to stay engaged. You know, the, the analogy always for me, I, I always tie it back to sports. I played sports, but I still play sports. Yep. Well, I did up until about three years ago. Yeah. But yeah, anyways, I, I love sports. I take my kids. I always look at like when you're the captain of a team, you're the main, you're the head honcho, you're the leader. Besides the coach, you're the leader of the players, right? Yep. Everybody's looking up to you. You're down a few goals. You're in the third period. Now you can show up one or two ways, right? You could be that negative. Ah, oh, this team's got a better record than we do. Last time we played them, we're down by two goals. We ended up coming within one but we still lost blah 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 negative nelly or you come in and say i know our capabilities i know how great we are the sun is still shining let's get out there let's kick some ass and and if we put our best foot forward there's a good chance we're going to come back in this yes, game keep it positive and you want to follow you go to war with people like that you don't always go to war with the person that, that is the negative person right you don't want to follow those people yeah so or aloof panic. you won't follow someone that's aloof yeah, because they're disconnected from i you. don't know how i'm doing this podcast yeah. with somebody who's aloof <laughs> <laughs> in, in, in another thing that i wanted to talk about just a little i thought about it as as we were um talking it's about the toaster you know and and the the terminology if it ain't fix 
if it ain't broke, don't fix it. And businesses aren't like a toaster, where it all has one job, one function, just toasting, toast, toasting bread. We have to constantly evolve and we need energy and we need positive energy to, to create, innovate and reinvent within the business. Right? We want to, we want to push for those stretch goals and we need energy to push for those stretch goals. That's right. You know, our return on investment, our asks from our leadership is always last year plus 5%, last year plus 10%. If you're no energy, you can't go last year minus 10%, last year minus 20%. It's always, we always have to be moving forward. We always have to have the energy. We always have to be reinvesting in ourselves That's right. and reinventing and breaking the paradigm of the toaster. Well, you know, the old saying, lead by example as well, right? So if you are somebody that is, imagine you walk into a sales meeting and they're like, hey guys, we hit our target last month, but this month we want to dial back 10%. You never do that. Yeah, no, no, no one well, ever says we're dialing back. Because now all of a sudden you're not, you're not dialing back 10%, you're dialing back 25% because people are going to go, well, shit, I don't want to work here. Like, what do we, what do you mean we're not selling anymore? Like, this is a terrible work environment. So um, I, I think I said this on a previous podcast, I feel that most humans are like electricity where we find the path of least resistance, right? Um, and that falls into that category that we're just talking about, uh, quiet quitting. If you don't bring the energy and you don't engage your employees and understand what makes them tick, they're gonna find the least path of resistance and just do the bare minimum to get by and then you're not you're not producing. You're and not. ultimately, they're going to want a life out of a job. Oh, and so sure. they're going to find the least paths have. of exiting the company and going to somewhere that a leader or organization that has the energy and the and the wherewithal to continually reinvest in their people and and grow the business as opposed to just staying stagnant. Well, and make, Don't be the toaster. Well, and make it fun, right? People yeah. want to work in an environment that's fun. Like like you said, you said this on a previous podcast. We spend more time working with our <laughs> yeah our employees than we do with our, our our family and friends so why would you not want to come to work and be in a positive friendly environment so yeah. anyway i think we we should probably yeah so speaking one. of fun yeah Bum, ba, ba, dum. Oh, i'm excited so today uh, we're gonna shift into our cocktail du jour our 1908 empress gin and tonic so i'm gonna yeah. step away to the bar cart here we've expanded it and i'm going to start to make we're us the, to start, like at least taking video of this part. Nobody wants to see our ugly mugs while we talk, but we should at least videotape making the drinks, right? Turn it into quite the mixologist over here. Actually, so the cocktail um, from the Empress Hotel uh, in Victoria, it's called their cocktail number one, Empress and Tonic. They don't even say the word gin. They just called an Empress and Tonic. Then Empress Gin, if you've never seen it, it's, it is a purple, has a purple hue to it. Um, almost like a dark lavender kind of color. Uh, lavender. The, la- lavender. The right up here is a match made in heaven, and it also happens to be our signature drink. It's tart, refreshing, and effortlessly delicious. The Empress and Tonic is an elevated take on a classic favorite. It pairs well with citrus honey, tropical coconut, guava, and fresh herbs. Is there anything else but a tropical coconut? Can you get a not a non-tropical coconut? Coconut from the manufacturer. Yeah, maybe, I guess. Like a, a fake like, coconut? Fake coconut. Okay, all right, all right. Um, so the ingredients in this is quite simple. It's two ounces of your Empress 1908 gin. And then you want to do a three-ounce premium tonic water. Not crappy tonic water. No. You want premium tonic water. In this case, we're using, what's this called? Fever Tree? 
Fever tree. Fever tree, yes. And it is garnished with a beautiful slice of grapefruit. And Jason had, that looks phenomenal. And you just took a sip out of one. I, I'm hoping that's yours. Just too hot. <laughs> All right. We gotta take a picture of that. Oh yeah, we gotta take a picture real quick here. Everybody hang tight. So you're filling the glass with ice. In this case, it's a large ice cube. He's used a large square ice cube, probably about um, uh, two inch by two inch ice cube here, or two inch cubed. You're going to uh, serve it with this uh, premium tonic water. And they actually say to serve the tonic water on the side and then you kind of, I guess you'll add it yourself. In our case, we've done it all and we've garnished it with the grapefruit slice. So yeah, they, they at the Empress Hotel, it was just there last week. So they'll give you the tonic water. They'll give you your two ounces of Empress Gin in the glass with your grapefruit. They, they are smart enough to allow you to make it the strength that you want, which is really cool because I like my drinks a little bit stronger as opposed to more tonic water, watering it down. And so they'll give you the, the bottle of tonic like water, that. Fever yeah. Tree, and then you just pour it to you and you can taste it. I'm at my, my right color or my right strength. Got you. Yeah. Kind of opposite of what they do on an airplane, where they give you a full glass of Coke and then they give you a little <laughs> bottle of booze. It's like, yeah, I don't just, even want the Coke. You just drink the chug the little bottle of booze and, and yeah. pass the Coke to the neighbor beside uh, you. Oh, that's right, that's right. All right, so here we go. We're gonna give it a try. All right, and what Mastravie. do we say? Mastravie. What? Where's that from? Uh, Czech. Oh, Czech. Mm. Wow. But you know what? For somebody Oops. that. I'm not even a huge fan of gin and tonics, I'll be honest with you. It's like a... You like gin straight. I like gin straight, for sure, but this is delicious. Oh, my God. I can drink a whole lot of those. And I love grapefruit, so yeah. to me, that's grapefruit. a perfect That is a perfect cocktail. Fantastic job. That's a perfect cocktail. Summer's on its way, everybody. We're almost into April. Surprisingly, um, I actually forgot to tell everybody here, we were in Season 2, Episode 5, and with their uh, with our straight shooter edition in there, I believe we've hit number 10. 11. 11? 11. 11. We Lucky number less by hockey number. 11. Woo! So we are, uh, we're, we're continuing. We're, we're absolutely enjoying this. We're trying to make it better and better each and every time. I put up some sound deadening in the room to make Clint sound better. So he's not, <laughs> doesn't sound like he's calling from a, a bathroom stall somewhere. And uh, we got art, some artwork up now. We got. Uh, I was just at Phillips Brewing. Grab some posters. We're uh, we're, you know, putting in the effort and the time. So if you're in a bathroom stall, it says that's call, where call Quinn for a good time. <laughs> that's he means call in to Top Shelf to ask a question. Yes, exactly. Yeah. So you can catch us at uh, Top Shelf one two three four five, which, like I said before, is our code to the front door on Twitter, and we will be on all the other. Um, social media platforms here yes stay tuned then you'll start to see what me and clint are up to and uh, maybe <laughs> we'll have some tiktok dances for everybody and yeah we will yeah we will yeah, we yeah. Will. <laughs> <laughs> makes me a little nervous i'm uh, but i'm we're definitely going to be on those platforms we've got a lot of feedback good feedback from uh, the listeners and i just want to say thank you love you guys and appreciate you for listening I want to thank Jason for uh, for spearheading this whole thing, for roping me in to, to assist with the uh, the podcast. I'm having a great time. 
I'm looking forward to episode 100 yeah. or 99. Yeah. I don't 99. know. 99. Wayne be, be more exciting. 99 or 100. I don't know. It's going to be cool. And thank you to everybody for listening because without you, this isn't happening. So yeah. if we had zero listeners, we would have zero podcasts. So uh, thank you to everyone out there and, and looking forward to, uh, to seeing you next episode.